the Versa Alto podcast, a Catholic podcast for teens by teens. Today we are going to talk about the crazy things Catholics do in Lent. So that's going to be Ash Wednesday, the ashes we receive, and what we do for Lent. Terry, you want to start? Sure. So Lent starts on Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is... February 22nd. February 22nd. George Washington's <laughs> birthday, I think. There's well, this year it's February yeah. 22nd. It's, it's not a holy day of obligation. No, no it is not. You should go. <laughs> and you really should go and receive yeah. ashes. Yeah, Sister Loretta used to say that um, anytime the Catholic Church gave away something for free, the place was packed. Okay. So Ash Wednesday, Palm Sunday, people always like, come. I don't know what it is, but it's free. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> People should come to the mass. Free snacks. <laughs> Free snacks on day of fasting. Yeah. So there's two days you abstain from eating meat and fast together. That's Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. So and the rest of the Fridays. Is so let's way talk more about fun. fasting too. Yeah. Why do so we do on that? Ash Wednesday, what do we do for Ash Wednesday? Ash Wednesday, we go to mass and we receive the ashes on our forehead. And on that day, we also fast, so we only we only eat one meal and a small snack. Yeah, not a small meal. Two small. Two small meals that don't make a full meal. Right. Ashes are important because those are a symbol. That is the uh, what are the ashes? So they kind of symbolize our mortality, and it's like from ashes we came, and to ashes we will return. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So basically, we're dirt, and we're dirt. But I think what's even funnier is like you know people get here at seven o'clock in the morning, go to mass, and they get ashes on their forehead, and then they go to work, and then they wear them all day long. I think that's so awesome. Wearing your ashes all day—that is a mark of Christ. I mean, hey, I'm Catholic. Ask me why I'm wearing dirt on my head, right? Or did I have an accident? You can go. Yeah, I mean, it also says like. That not just that you're dust, but I think they changed it like from dust to dust or, or whatever. And now they say uh, turn away from sin and or turn towards the gospel. Or like, and so we're we're all sinners too. So not our, only are we mortal, but we're we are we're dirt. Sinners. Like you we said, are dirt. <laughs> I mean, he has no reason to keep us in sin. But what are, what are ashes made of? Ashes are the burnts the burnings of the palms that we use on Palm Sunday. So I know at least in our family we we will keep the palms that we get at Palm Sunday. We hang them in our house throughout the year to remember Jesus uh, dying and rising. And then when Lent comes around, the our parish will ask for those palms if anyone has those palms left and we'll bring them back to the church and they burn them here at the church and use those ashes to make the cross on your forehead oh. but not everybody not everyone received the ashes on their forehead in europe and i guess in um older cultural cultures i cannot say that word right now <laughs> um they sprinkle them on your head and i think that goes along with like um, the sin offerings or uh, in that the Jews would do remembering that like of the sins and stuff that they were like carrying on themselves I don't know if that's true but I know that some 
<laughs> Some cultures get them on their head, and that's okay too. So if you get them on your head, that's not wrong. So that's one day a month. The other really important thing is fasting. So like Harry said, one big meal, and then two small meals that don't really make up a full meal. And you start that at what age? 14. 14. It's 14. There's exceptions. So, you know, once you reach the age of, I think, 60, you like stop doing it for your medical conditions, yeah. you're pregnant, you know, mm -hmm. those sort of things. The point of fasting is to turn your eyes on God. You have to remember that during Jesus' passion, he didn't eat. I mean, he was in the agony in the garden. Then he was arrested, and then he was uh, belittled and abused that whole night long before dying on the cross the next day afternoon. So he ate nothing. And we can do in our own small part to kind of remember his suffering and his pain through our fasting. What else do we do on Ash Wednesday? We don't eat meat. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. The meat thing. The meat thing, yeah. yeah. So why don't why don't we eat meat on Ash Wednesday and Fridays during Lent? Um, it's not it like it's Jewish customs. They I don't, don't like seen as like a like a delicacy. Like it's this thing that you have and like you have to kill an animal to get the meat, and then it's this um, precious item that you have. It's like a it's like a fancy food basically, and so in a way you're like you're kind of humbling yourself. Yeah, well, basically, Jesus dying and being murdered. Um, we try and avoid well, any... Murdered is a word I haven't heard before, but... Yep, you haven't heard that word before. Whoa! <laughs> murdered. Well, I guess, dang, Jesus was murdered. He was. <laughs> <laughs> Tortured, murdered, yeah. But uh, he's a warm... We're a, we are a warm-blooded creature, and so we avoid consuming, uh, butchering, even anything that has to do with uh, torturing warm-blooded creatures. So that's why we, we, it's okay for us to eat fish. You eat a <laughs> Oh my That's gosh. a mammal. I don't think Carolina. so. Carolina. You know, uh, that's so I know it lays eggs and it's a mammal, but um, yeah. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. So that's why we don't eat fish. Snakes? Those are cold-blooded. That's cold you could, fish. You could have a snake, a reptile. If you want it. If you want it, you. So something that isn't required but is really good practice to do is not eat meat on Friday. So Friday is generally the day just throughout the year. Right. It's the day when you remember the passion of Christ. And that's a way to do it is just abstaining from meat. And it's not actually that hard to do. I um, I had a wonderful conversation with one of the ladies from our parish when um, I was helping out with faith formation the other day, and she, we were talking about why Catholics don't eat meat on Fridays. And she said when she was growing up that they never ate meat on any Fridays. They didn't even have fish. And when they did do that, they asked their friends and even anybody who was around them that whatever you would have spent on that meal for that day is not just take abstaining from meat, but also whatever you would have paid for that meal and give that to the poor. And then whatever you would put out on the table, take that and give that to the poor as well. And I thought to myself, why have I never heard that before? You know, it's just amazing that 
she grew up that way and not just because of the whole warm-blooded creature type thing you know or murdering or slaughtering animals and and all that that entails but that was just a beautiful way i thought that her parents instilled in her that way of praying on friday actually those that leads us to like another really important aspect of lent and that's almost meeting so I think a Lent is kind of like, it's like a time of prayer and fasting, but it's also a time of giving and thanksgiving. So you're, you like, we have this thing at our church where we have these rice bowls and you collect money in them. And then at the end, um, I believe it's on Palm Sunday, you give it back and all this money and it goes to poor places or like you gather together and you create mana bags to give to people that are out on the streets. These are all things you can do in your parish too, mana bags especially. Up in Alaska, we'll make cold bags. So, mana bags is um, just a Ziploc bag, and you just put non perishable food items and things. And it's so much better because you're not giving money to a homeless person that you're not sure what they're going to use that for, but you're giving them something they can use. In Alaska, because it's so cold, we'll put things like socks and gloves in there for them. So, that's a really good way to do it. Donating time and service is all part of the Lenten practice. And then that's another, I guess, thing we talk about is Lent itself and what that is for Catholics and what can we do in the spirit of Lent. Yeah, because it's a time of, of preparation for the resurrection, but also for penance. You know, mm-hmm. That purple color that we wear during that whole season is a penitential color. So whether you go to confession during ordinary time or even during Lent, the priest is always wearing a stole that's purple, representing penance. So it's really good for us to go to confession during that time and uh, to do the Stations of the Cross, which reminds us that Christ died for our sins. So prompting us to go to confession, mm-hmm. even if it hasn't, even if it's been a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So often, like um, in a lot of people's lives during this penitential season, you give up something for Lent or you try to do something more. So you can give up little things or like big things you can give up, like sweets or going on Pinterest. <laughs> what, what's the hardest thing you've ever given up? Sweets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you also can give something or like you can start to do something like give you really quick push-ups. And so in the morning you try to do like 10 push-ups and then read your Bible or try to say a rosary every day. So you're kind of giving up some of your time or giving up something you really enjoy to prepare for that Easter season. Mm-hmm. Sherry, you want to talk about why we would do that? Yeah, um, we give up things because Jesus gave up his life for us. And so we can just by giving up something, we can partake in his suffering just a little bit. And so it's not like you can give up school or you can give up something that you hate because then you're not really partaking in that suffering. So usually if you're giving up something, it needs to be something that either you enjoy doing or you enjoy partaking in or you enjoy consuming. Like maybe you limit your screen time to 30 minutes a day instead of four hours a day. And so you're taking away that screen time. Yeah, one of the fun traditions our family has done is weeping night prayer. It's the liturgy of the hours that 
you recite the psalms and you have gospel readings and it's really beautiful because people say it all over the world and if you go on the divine office app or website you can there's a world and you can see like who in the world is praying with you and we do that as a family and you really start to really enter into Lent as a time of prayer and you actually start to know the songs pretty well which is super cool and then we would end that with the song by Regina which is one of my favorite prayers but I think that doing something with your family if you don't already do it and doing it together because I think that can really help you grow and be stronger in your commitment to the life. One of the key things when starting something new, so giving something up that usually lasts for Lent, but starting something new. So something I want to do this Lent is do a holy hour every week and um, really work on my prayer life. That's not something I'm going to stop doing once Lent is done. I'm going to continue to do that and try and maintain that after Lent. These are practices that you really want to persevere in persevere in and well how long does it normally take you to learn a good habit like 21 days six weeks 15 days to form a habit and then 21 days to be able to keep that habit okay that's good to know that's good to know because because i was always taught like it would take you about six weeks to cement in a really good habit you know Mm -hmm. and so um like you know doing the rosary or having a holy hour or something of that nature. Uh, I have never been able to do a holy hour every day. I don't think I'll be able to do that this Lent, but I know that I could do the rosary every day. Mm-hmm. And I know I could do the divine office every day. You know, find something that works for you. Don't make it too hard because then it's gonna be easily to give up find something that's simple and a little bit hard for you to do, but I think if you form that discipline into the small things and next year or later in your life when you want to carry something on from Lent, you can make it bigger discipline in your life. It's okay to fail. Yeah. yeah. That is, I mean, I don't think I've ever successfully persevered my resolution, which makes me really sad and I really want to change that. But God isn't sitting up there thinking how disappointed he is. He wants you to try again. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it was C.S. Lewis. He said that uh, failure is a finger post on the road to success for life. Mm-hmm. It's just like every time you fail, you try. Like, like that's the whole point of the suffering is that you're failing and you see how hard it was and then you get back up and try again. Otherwise, mm-hmm. your suffering is kind mm-hmm. of in your way. And if you never, never fail, you don't learn anything. So I think if you start, it, start out small, make it part of your daily routine, it, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't fail. But I say that, and you know, I'm doing the catechism in the year with Father Mike Schmidt, <laughs> and I am one day behind, Same. right? And, and then I go to the office and the girls are like a week behind or, you know, 10 days behind. I'm like, man, I'm doing pretty good, you know? I'm only a day behind. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to try and keep it as part of my regular routine, which, if I do it first thing in the morning, I should have no problem doing that, as long as I get up on time. So that's part of it, you know. And a little fun fact, on Sundays you can actually relax your obligations for the day um, because Sundays are your the day that we go to Mass. 
it's a Sabbath, and so that's seen as the day that Jesus rose, and thus at Mass we celebrate a mini, a mini resurrection of Jesus. And so the church says that you can, you know, if you're giving up sweets, you can eat sweets on that day, or if you're giving up screen time, you can have a little bit more screen time that day. Um, and that works for some people, it doesn't work for others, but there is that option if people want to do that. However, like an important thing to remember if you do do that is that you don't want to like overdose. You don't want to like yeah. be gluttonous, like suck your face with candy, <laughs> um, or like spend twelve hours. Yeah, you know, like, everything within reason in, in moderation. moderation. Twenty-four hours in the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Everything in moderation. Well, and some people said to me they had no ever no idea that Sundays didn't count, and mm -hmm. I said, well, have you ever counted from Ash Wednesday to yeah. Saturday? Because if you add all the Sundays, that doesn't count. You know, they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've never counted. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and Lent ends on Holy Saturday. So, so then the thing, you'll see changes in the Mass too. Mm -hmm. So, the, do we have, hmm. we don't say the Alleluia during We don't Mass. say the Alleluia. But we do we a gospel saw or the Gloria. Or the Gloria. At our church, we don't have an entrance hymn, that hymn you sing as the priest is coming in, or a recessional hymn, the hymn that the priest is saying, singing as they process out. Yeah, that, that could be cultural. Possibly. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's probably some priests, because those resurrection days, they're the extension of the Eucharist should go out. I mean, we probably won't have donuts, but um, the extension of the Eucharist should go home with you and you should have a song in your heart. Mm -hmm. So that could be cultural, but anyway. One thing I think is, sorry, one go thing ahead. I think that is really important to touch on is we're talking, you know, this is a small thing we can do for Christ's sacrifice. I think it's really important to make sure that people understand why Christ's sacrifice is so important and why it saves us. Because it's not just that he gave his life, right? Mm -hmm. Does anyone else know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You. <laughs> the idea is that we sin. When we sin, we are imperfect. We sin against a perfect being, God. Which means that debt we have is impossible to pay back. We sin against a perfect being. That debt we have incurred from our sin, we are imperfect which means we can't fulfill that debt. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who is perfect as a sacrifice for our sins. Because he is perfect, he was able to pay that debt that we couldn't pay. That's why it's such a monument, such a monumental thing, such an amazing sacrifice. And that's, to me, was one of the big things in my faith, learning to believe and choosing the faith. We're going to have to end soon because they're vacuuming upstairs. <laughs> yeah, we apologize. We have a parish cleaning that goes on Monday nights, and we're recording tonight because it's what we're for all of us. So. Okay, what's our fun question? Uh, so we're going to end this podcast with another fun question. And this week's question is, if you could be in any movie, what movie would it be? 
Okay, so first, so um, this is an easy decision. If I could be in any movie, I would be in the Uncharted movie that just came out with Tom Holland. Well, not just for that reason, but because, okay, one, I really liked the movie. I thought it was really cool and adventurous. And then two, they got to travel to cool places. It was filmed in, I think, um, the three places I can remember was Barcelona, Berlin, and Valencia. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. and, and they got to do parkour. And I was like, that would look so cool doing that. <laughs> I would be in Man of Steel, but not the Man of Steel. Oh. I want to be Lois Lane. <laughs> That's all. Enough said. All right, I'd be in Ocean's Eleven, which if you haven't seen, you should. I would want to be Cat's Ocean. She is George Clooney's wife, and I just love that movie so much. I think it'd be so much fun to be a part of it. I'm not as cool as these people with all their <laughs> movie options, but I would love to be in uh, Sound of Music or um, Mary Poppins. I loved Mary Poppins as a kid, and I thought it was so cool that it could last and be on top of it, like a house and all those cool things. No, that's a really good choice. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, I do too. I would be in North and South. It's actually a movie that we're watching in my British literature class right now. But it's about a girl in the Victorian era, so late 1800s, when the women's rights movement was starting. And there is just a bunch of different things going on, like workers' unions are starting up. And it's just really interesting to watch in that time period. Plus, I love all the fancy dresses and the <laughs> the, the style of that era. It's very much my, my liking. All right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at podcast, And our, we have a Gmail, gmail.com and our website at verisoaltopodcast.org. Do you guys want to end in prayer? Yes. Mm-hmm. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and to the prayers of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell, Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Blessed Pierre Jojo and his body. Pray for us. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Bye. Bye. See you next time.